Hello everyone, welcome or welcome back to another episode of In Bloom Podcast. My name is Abby Aslin and I'm the host of this podcast. And this week I am sharing all of the details of quitting my first postgrad job in Big Four Accounting. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And it's been a long time coming. If you follow me on Instagram and on YouTube and on TikTok, you've probably already seen this news, but I do know there are probably some of you all that strictly maybe listen to the podcast and don't know this information yet. And even if you have seen all of my other content on other platforms, the podcast is where I am giving like the most detail of everything. I feel like I've tried to kind of share different details on each platform so far. And while you may hear something I already said in my YouTube video in this episode, I'm ultimately just going to be going into a lot more detail and just talking about more in general. So talking about why I quit, the process of me quitting, what's next for me, because I know that's what a lot of you all are wondering, and all of that good stuff. So that's what this week's episode is going to be. And I'm sorry, it's, you know, not like a, I guess, more helpful episode. But my hope is that it's still helpful for those of you who maybe feel similar or have gone through similar things and are wanting to quit your first postgrad job because really I'm just going to be very vulnerable with the process, how it felt. And because honestly, like I just feel like there isn't a lot of content about this online because I feel like most content creators don't, you know, they, or I don't know, I don't want to say they don't because that's not true. There, There are a lot of content creators that do work full time jobs, but I feel like two things end up happening. Usually it's like, people grew up a content creator or they become became a content creator before they ever had to get you know like a postgrad job so they only know content creation and they never like go through the process of quitting their first postgrad job or the people who do both kind of just don't ever really quit their job and they just or they do quit their job and it's just like I don't know, maybe they don't post about it as much or they stay in the same job for a while. And I don't know, there's just not a lot of content about this online. And I really wanted to share my experience because I know it's something that, you know, I'd say most of us are going to go through at some point or another, or maybe you already have gone through it and you're just wanting to tune in to hear what's next. And if that's the case, thanks for being here and thanks for being here regardless. But I am really excited to talk to you guys about it, and I'm very sorry that this episode didn't go up sooner. My initial plan was for all of the content related to me, not all of it, but like the initial announcements of quitting my job, I was planning on all of it to kind of go up at the same time. So like the podcast would have launched last Monday morning, and I would have had the YouTube video go up Monday morning, I would have posted the TikTok on Monday, I would have posted the Instagram reel on Monday, and it all would have been on the same day. However, if you follow me on Instagram and on YouTube, then you know that I had footage from all of the footage that's in my vlog on YouTube from the work week in my life when I quit my job and put in my notice. All of that footage I almost lost. Um, I had filmed that entire work week in my life. I went to the edit the video on 
Saturday last weekend and my computer and my camera were not reading the SD card anymore. And it was a little broken, but the SD card part inside of the plastic was still fully intact. So I was like, there has to be a way to recover this footage. There's no way that this footage of all footage in my life is the footage that I'm going to be losing. I was like, it's not happening. I'm sorry. Like I'm finding a way to fix this and figure it out. I took the SD card to two different places in Houston that said they can fix SD cards. Um, One of the places didn't even exist. Um, When I showed up to where the address was, it wasn't there. And then the second place, they were like, oh, we don't fix them, but we have a service here that we partner with where we send it off for you to get fixed. And then they send it back. But the guy was very honest. and He was like, honestly, it usually costs like a thousand plus dollars. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing that. Um, but I was glad he was honest with me at least. And also I was like, I don't I don't know how long this is going to be shipped out for. So I just left feeling really defeated. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look on YouTube and see how to like take apart an SD card and try and do it myself. But I was very hesitant to do that because I didn't want to, you know, sever my chances of recovering the SD card if I were to take it apart. You know what I mean? Because I was really scared about breaking it. But I didn't realize that SD cards are like actually really small and that they're like 80% plastic and of the shell covering. So a week ago on Monday, um, or almost a week ago, I'm recording this on Sunday, but on Monday I was like, I am going to try and take this apart. I just kind of used my fingers and pried it apart. And then I saw that you can put an SD card into a new SD card, like take out the actual SD part and just stick it inside a new plastic case, which is what I did. And sure enough, that did the trick. So I was very proud of myself for just, you know, taking it upon myself to fix it. Um, I don't need anybody to help me. I can do it myself. Um, But I recovered the footage. I was like, I'm very determined. And one thing about me, like if there is a 0.0001 chance of me recovering footage, I'm going to go to all extremes to do so. There's been several other times in my time on YouTube creating content where I have lost footage or thought I lost footage and I've recovered it or gone to extreme measures to recover it. And I will say this one wasn't necessarily extreme measures. It was actually way more simple than I thought it would be, but it worked out. So all of that being said, I didn't get the content taken care of or or taken care of as in meaning editing it. I didn't get to edit until Monday night. And it was so funny because as soon as I repaired the SD card, I was like, I have to edit this vlog start to finish in its entirety right now. So I stayed up until 1am editing from like 9pm to 1am. I was just like in the zone editing and getting the video ready to go and scheduled because I wanted it to go up first thing on Tuesday morning. Because on Tuesday, I posted the reel on the TikTok, but I was like, I want to, I just couldn't keep the news to myself any longer. And I didn't want to wait until the day this episode comes out for it to go out on the same day as the podcast. So in theory, this episode was technically supposed to be last week with the video and everything, but all of that happened. So here we are. But anyways, before we get into the episode, y'all know I'm going to start out with quotes, goal, and gratitude for this week. My quote this week comes from Pinterest, or not from Pinterest, what am I saying? TikTok, from the Secret Poetry Club account. Um, That's the at name for it. But it says, note to self, what is my purpose in life? I asked the void. What if I told you that you fulfilled it when you took an extra hour to talk to that kid about his life, said the voice, or when you paid for that young couple in the restaurant, or when you saved that dog in traffic, or when you tied your father's shoes for him. Your problem is that you equate your purpose with goal-based achievement. The universe isn't interested in your achievements, just your heart. 
When you choose to act out of kindness, compassion, and love, you are already aligned with your true purpose. No need to look any further. And I just thought that was a beautiful quote because I think a lot of times in our 20s and really all phases of life, we're searching for like this greater purpose to kind of just like fall out of the sky and into our laps and be like, this is what you were made for and born for. And I think there's a lot of people who do sort of find that in life and find like a very specific thing and they like know it's their calling and their thing and then there's others of us who feel like ours is more of like an arbitrary overall kind of vague purpose and it's not something like super super specific and I will say like for me it's something that like my whole life not my whole life but I mean like since I kind of understood the concept of a purpose and the role that your purpose plays in your actual life which I would say I started getting more of a grasp of what that was later in high school and kind of started really becoming very very dedicated to finding my purpose later in high school but since then I feel like it's something that I've always kind of just like I've like prayed about and thought about and just like wondered you know like what is it but then I remember when I started my YouTube channel it's like this is like my purpose this is like why I am here like and not not to have a YouTube channel but because of the help that I can provide through that medium if that makes sense but really helping others you know live their best life live and I don't even want to say live their best life because it sounds so cheesy but honestly just like being their authentic selves showing up for themselves day in and day out like you know, working through hard things and just really like showing up for yourself in your own life and living your life to the fullest. Um, I know I've talked about in my podcast, like how I have like this almost obsession with seeing people's full potential and helping them bring it to life. And it's, I've, I've talked about how it's, you know, almost toxic in a sense, because some people may not like have that same, it like their desire for their own life may not be aligned with what I see for them, obviously, because it's not my life. But it's like if I see you and I meet you and I know you and you have all of these like great wonderful things going on and I get to know you, in my head I'm going to be like wow I can like really see this person doing all of these wonderful things and like I want nothing more than for you to fulfill whatever it is that you see for yourself. Whereas in the past I used to kind of see it as like a oh I see this for you like and I would bring it up to that person and I would just be and I feel like this mainly happened and like close friendships and in relationships I was in I would you know get to know the person I'd ask them what they want to do with their life and I'd be like okay like you can do it like let's let's get you to bring that to life like I can see that you're fully capable and I think that ultimately like my passion at the end of the day is helping people you know realize their potential I guess is the easiest and simplest way you can put it but you know, truly with what they want for themselves, not necessarily what I want for them. And I know a lot of times when I explain this, it sounds like I'm wanting people to do what I want them to do, but that's not what it is. That's what it sounds like. I just want them to see the, believe in themselves the way that I believe in people, I guess, because, you know, like whatever it may be, like I can see that for you and I want it for you and I want you to reach it. And I want you to believe in yourself that you can, I guess. And I don't know, that's just how I feel. But at the same time, that sometimes people, you know, maybe they don't have like all these grand expectations for themselves in their life. And that is totally normal and totally fine. And then that's where I have to say, you know what, like this isn't my life, obviously, but like I want to help you realize your potential, whatever that potential may be. If it's, you know, something more 
simple, great. If it's something grand, great. Like I just want to help you realize that, if that makes sense. Realize it, meaning bring it to life and everything. But I just really liked this quote um, a lot. And I saw on TikTok like a week ago and I was like, I have to save this for next week's episode, especially because of like where I'm at in life right now with like quitting my job and everything. I'm just like, what is my purpose? Why am I here? You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's kind of like where I'm at. But um, my goal this week is to clean and get ahead on content. And I know that's like boring, but and I know I think I talked last week about wanting to get ahead on content as my goal, but I got ahead on short form content this past week, which is great. I feel like I have like 12 reels slash TikToks in the queue right now that like are need to be edited, which is great because that's like, you know, honestly a month worth for me because I typically try to do like three a week. But I want to get ahead with YouTube and podcasting. And the great thing is that I have a lot of ideas like videos and for like the new year and um, podcast episodes for the new year and everything. I have all these ideas, but the bad thing is that I just feel like I don't have the time to record everything I want to record and film everything I want to film. But I want to try my best to get as ahead as I possibly can so that you guys can like still have content while I'm like on my honeymoon getting married and everything and it can just be like scheduled and go up you know what I mean like I don't have to necessarily sit here and talk about it but um on social media or anything but I can just like have it go up just so there isn't like a break in my content but at the same time I'm trying to give myself grace and like not overwork myself because this is my last two weeks like today marks two weeks that I'm recording this from the day I get married which is so crazy like the days are just flying by and um I really want to enjoy these last two weeks and I want to soak up my first Christmas with my fiance. We've been together for six years and we've never done a Christmas together. So I'm really excited to spend our first Christmas together. I really want to be like present for that. Like absolutely not going to be working on Christmas and um, really want to soak up these last two weeks of just being engaged. And it's, it's just like so bittersweet, but like exciting at the same time because we're truly entering like an entirely new era. I mean, it's, it's actually so crazy that it's like, we are getting married on New Year's Eve and then an entire new year starts like for our first, our first day of marriage is a, an entirely brand new year, which is an entirely new chapter for us. But it's also like an entirely new chapter for myself with, you know, leaving like my first post-grad job and like figuring out what's next for me and everything. So it's just a lot, but ultimately just wanted to get really ahead on content. And I say cleaning because my parents are coming in town for the wedding and everything on the 26th. And I think they're staying with us for like until the 30th, I want to say, or the 20, no, until the 29th. So with that being said, we need to clean because um, to be completely honest, we haven't cleaned in probably a month, which is probably so disgusting to you guys. But I, I mean, like we, we clean our kitchen. I'll say that much. Like we clean our kitchen and we do our laundry, but like we have not been like, and I'll wipe down our bathroom counters every now and then, but like I haven't like cleaned our showers or like we haven't vacuumed, mopped, like anything like that in like a month. So it desperately needs to be done, especially before they come. But it's been really hard because we've just been like constantly getting things in the mail for the wedding. So there's just like stuff everywhere. So it's really hard to clean when we have like so many things out of place and all that. But we really need to. And I think it'll be fine. Like we'll be able to this week because I actually had before like literally the beginning of this year I put in for this upcoming week like the week that this episode comes out I put to have this entire week like be vacation for me um because we're out like my firm is shut down like from Christmas like or the 26th until 
the second. So I was like, oh, I'm going to take off the entire week before the firm break so that I can just like really focus on wedding planning and stuff. Um, but I do have some things like I need like some loose ends I need to tie up at work. And like I told a lot of my teams, I would send them like files of all of my notes because, you know, they're having to replace me and there aren't like notes of processes and like how to do things for a lot of these things. And it'll make a lot of their lives easier and busy season with onboarding somebody new if they have all my notes because I took really great notes with like screenshots and everything my whole time here for the most part. So I need to like finish doing that for teams. So I'm honestly going to like just do that this week and anything else that anybody needs me to do. But other than that, like I'll, you know, I'll be available if people need me, but like I'm not going to be, you know, sitting in my computer all day. Like why would I? I'm about to leave. Like Friday's my last day and I actually am supposed to be on vacation this week anyways, which I think I still can take the vacation. I just feel like I remember seeing something when I like put in my two weeks that said like I can't take vacation during my two weeks. But maybe I actually, no, I think it said I can't take vacation that wasn't already like put on schedule. So it's not like I could put in my two weeks and then be like, hey, I'm going to take the next two weeks off. Like I couldn't do that. So I think I can take the vacation. So maybe I will just, you know, be out of office. I probably will do that. But and then just like work on the things I need to work on um, as I can because I don't want to leave anybody high and dry. But anyways, let's get into the episode. Oh, wait, I didn't say my gratitude. My gratitude this week is for the overwhelming amount of support that I've gotten from you guys. I mean, I know that y'all on the podcast haven't heard um, the podcast yet and everything, but from everybody like on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, oh my gosh, I've received just an overwhelming amount of support. And I remember just being so scared for the day that I quit my job because I just felt like so many people were going to be like, oh great, you're like just, you know, another content creator quitting their job, blah, 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 and like hating on me for it. But I think so many people knew how, especially people who watch me on YouTube and like especially you guys on the podcast because y'all hear the most of it in detail and then it's YouTube um, and then it's Instagram. So it's like y'all really hear the most of it and y'all know how unhappy I was and you know, for two years, I, I dealt with that. And I, I, you know, was resilient and I pushed through and I stayed as long as I could. Um, and it was, you know, very difficult. And I am just very thankful for the amount of people that have just like supported me and said they're just so proud of me. And like so many people have just been like, we've been here like for so long, like since you started your channel. And, you know, it's so crazy that to think that people have like been with me through so many phases and just like, figuring out my majors in college and then graduating college, having my internships and moving to a new city post-grad and then working my first post-grad job and now quitting my first post-grad job. It's just crazy. And I can't say thank you enough to all of you who support me, who, you know, give me a reason at the end of the day to do all of this and just support me overall. I can't say thank you enough, but let's go ahead and get into the episode. So the first thing I want to talk about is I just want to say how long I've wanted to do this, which if you've you know seen my other content, then you know, but I wanted to quit last December. Um, this was not a spontaneous decision. And I really want to make that clear because I think a lot of times, like if you just say like, oh, I just quit my corporate job on social media, people are just like, wow, like what a, what a, I think a lot of times the first assumption is, wow, like what a hasty decision and like risky scary decision to make yes it was risky and scary but it was not hasty by any means like I literally was going to quit last December but then my CPA license you have to have 12 months of experience before you can actually get your license and I thought that my internship at my big four firm 
was going to count, but because it was during COVID, they didn't count it, which my internship was only a month long. But with that being said, with me starting in early January and having that one month of internship experience, I was like, oh, perfect. I'll meet my 12 months in December. And then the board of accounts in Texas was like, nope, your internship experience actually doesn't count since it was during COVID and it was only a month long. So you need another month before we can like sign off on this license. So I didn't get it until January and I wasn't going to quit in January once I got the license because I'm not going to leave all of my teams right in the middle of busy season. Like I would not do that. Um, And also completely transparently, I really felt like it just wasn't time to quit yet. Like last December came and I had been talking to my therapist for the entire time I was in therapy, which I started therapy in like March or April of 2022. So for like eight or nine months, I was talking to my therapist about quitting that December, December 2022. And then December 2022 rolled around and I was like, I don't think I can quit. Like I'm just not ready to, especially after getting engaged and like knowing that I was going to have to be, you know, paying for a lot of like our wedding stuff, which I am thankful for, you know, the ways that my parents have contributed and the way that his parents have contributed. But we have still paid for stuff ourselves too. It's just been, you know, like different splits and like paying for different things. But I I have had to pay out of pocket like for a lot of things and like a lot of money that I wouldn't have been able to do if I would have quit my job. And that may sound ridiculous to like stay in a job to pay for a wedding, but like when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We wanted a wedding at the end of the day and it was like what we wanted for us. And I also just didn't feel like it was the right time, like in internally, which I also want to say there's no perfect time or right time to quit, which was another really hard thing about me quitting now. But I really felt like it wasn't my time. I felt like my time at my firm was not done. Like I really felt like I needed to stay a little bit longer. It just didn't feel right when last December rolled around. I was like, I really don't feel like I am in a good position to leave where I could get another job very easily afterwards. And I didn't feel like I knew enough, honestly. Like I didn't feel like I could go into another job and say like, yeah, I I know a lot about blah, blah, blah. Like I, I felt like I couldn't go into any job and say, I know what I'm doing because I truly just felt like a lot hadn't really sucked in yet. Because, I mean, I'd only been there for a year, so it just didn't feel right. And my therapist really emphasized to me, she was like, you know, you can't wait until it feels right for, you know, a lot of things in life. And she was just telling me, she was like, I just don't want you to be stuck in this job and you keep pushing it off until the next milestone. Because I kind of told her, I was like, I kind of want to wait until our wedding and quit like right before it or right after it, um, which I knew the date at that time that we were getting married. I knew it was going to be New Year's Eve, like last December, obviously. But I was like, you know what? I I just feel like I want to quit that. And she was like, okay, but you need to actually follow through with it next year because I'm worried that you're going to keep kind of like pressuring yourself into staying until the next big event in your life if you don't quit next December. She's like, you're going to wait if you don't quit right around your wedding like you say you want to. I'm worried that you're going to wait until, you know, 
you're going to push it off and say, I'm going to wait until I have my first kid and then I'll quit. And then you're not going to quit then. You're going to say, okay, I'll quit on my next kid. <laughs> or like something like that. And there was a lot more that that went into that conversation. It wasn't just that. Like there, we, it was a whole, 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 whole other conversation. But I'm not going to dive into the details of it. But that was kind of like the gist of what she was saying. I was like, no, honestly, you're right. Because that's how I am. I feel like I decision when I get scared to make a decision I try and push it off as much as possible to like the next identifiable event that I can to avoid having to make a decision if that makes sense and she knows that about me like she knows that I'm not good about making decisions that are risky I'm somebody who like clings to safety like it's my job and that's why she was saying you know like knowing that this is something you really want to do and that we've like literally sat here and talked about for months on end and we know you're unhappy we know this isn't in alignment with your values we know this isn't what you want to be doing at the end of the day for the rest of your career with all of that being in our knowledge there's no reason for you to like stay any longer than what you're saying to stay for which was for the wedding so she was very you know adamant about like we need to like actually you know be proactive about this and like I was like I I was like but what if I change my mind and she was like I don't think you will and sure enough she was right I mean there were definitely times when I like especially when the day to quitting got a lot closer I found myself trying to like talk myself into staying several times, but I knew that that was just like me trying to cling to the comfort the comfort of the stability and safety that having the job provided. I knew that it wasn't because I actually wanted to, if that makes sense, um, which being able to discern that is huge for me because that's not something I was really able to probably discern, you know, a year ago or whatever. Like I... I feel like through therapy, I've like really been able to discern when things are truly of my desire versus when it's something that I'm doing to try and stay comfortable. And that's like a huge thing that therapy's helped me with. But ultimately, I have wanted to quit for a long time. So it's been a long time coming, TLDR. Um, and I've, it wasn't a spontaneous decision. And it was so hard to keep this a secret from you guys. And it's so funny because I think one of y'all, one of y'all DM'd me and you definitely like picked up on it, but I think it was, it was either last week or two weeks ago on the podcast. I said my goal was to like cross this thing off my to-do list that I have been waiting to cross off for so long and I'm just like ready to get it done and like ready to move on. And one of you DM'd me and was like, was quitting your job, that thing on the to-do list that you were like talking about on the podcast that you wanted to be done. I was like, oh my gosh, yes, you picked up on it. I didn't know. I like couldn't. That was, I think it was, I guess it would have been last week's episode because it was the week that I was putting my notice because I was saying like, I'm going to be crossing it off the to-do list this week. So yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, it's so funny that you picked up on that. Um, Cause like, I felt like nobody did. Maybe some of y'all had suspicions, but that was the only person who like said something about it, I guess. So that was what that was about was, it was about quitting my job. But um, yeah, it was so hard to keep it a secret from you guys, like to just like be working and working and working and then all of a sudden be like putting my two weeks and then I can finally tell you because obviously I can't be like oh in January of this year like hey guys I'm putting in my two weeks in December at my company and then like say somebody from my company like heard it and they're like wait what um which I guess you know maybe it's not the worst thing to give a year notice but there's no reason to do that and also it's just like I don't know like you, you know what I mean that's not very professional so I was like I have to keep this in until I actually put in the two weeks so it was really hard but also, I just wanted to talk about kind of my mindset going into work and my overall philosophy of just careers. I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before. I know I've definitely talked about it on like my Instagram stories and everything, but my philosophy of 
careers and people with their careers is that there are two different types of people when it comes to careers. There are those people who view work as nothing more than a paycheck, which I am so jealous of you if you're one of those people. And then there are people who can't see it that way and need more fulfillment from their jobs. And they can't just tell themselves, oh, it's just a paycheck because that's not enough for them at the end of the day. Like they need some other fulfillment, whether it's like creative fulfillment, spiritual fulfillment, like whatever it may be, just feeling fulfilled at the end of the day. Um, I am the latter type of person where I can't just really view things as just a paycheck because for me, it's like if I am devoting 40 plus hours of my week to something, I need to care about it. I need to feel it making a difference in my life. I need to feel it making a difference in other people's lives. I need to feel fulfilled. And that's just how I am. And I think that it's, I don't think there's a right or a wrong type of person. I let me like, let me get that straight. Like there, I don't think there is a right or wrong. It's just is or is not basically like you are that person or you are the other. And it's hard because like I said, I'm envious of those of you who are able to look at your job as nothing more than a paycheck, but I, I, I just struggle with doing that. And maybe as I get older, that'll change and I'll be able to see things that way. But I don't see that changing about me because that's something that is like within my soul is like a value. Like I need to just feel fulfillment at the end of the day. And if I'm not feeling that from my job, like that's just gonna like totally not work for me. So it's really difficult, but ultimately um, when you're working in a field with unpaid overtime majority of the year, which is what big four accounting is, it is big four accounting's reputation, the bread and butter, it's what it is. Um, When you're working in a field with that majority of the year, it's really hard to view your job as just a paycheck. When I'm on my computer from 8.30, 8.45am to 1am the next morning with, you know, maybe a 30 minute lunch break and then like an hour and a half in the evening where I'm like cooking dinner and putting away my dishes and showering. When I'm doing that for like two months of the year, maybe not till 1am every single night, some nights may only be like 9 or 10pm, but still that's like 12 hours. Um, And then the other months of the year, like another four, five months of the year, it's just like maybe not a daily thing, but at least a once a week thing. It's, it takes a toll on you. It takes a toll on your mental health. It takes a toll on your physical health. It takes a toll on your relationships. I feel like this job has, which I can't, I can't totally say this is because of the job because I've also been planning a wedding for the last year. And obviously I also do content creation on the side. So it's just been a very busy year for me, obviously, but I really feel like this job has just like destroyed my social life and my ability to like be social at the end of the day because it sucked every ounce of energy I had out of me. So Friday evening rolls around. I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody, which is like sad because I wasn't talking to anybody or seeing anybody all week long because I was just working from home. But I was completely drained of energy. Same Saturday and Sunday, same thing would happen. I only had energy to do the things that I absolutely had to do, which were, you know, move my body and go to the grocery store and record my podcast and edit a video. Like that's all I had energy for and that's all I would do. And all I have really done, you know, and then like maybe once a month we do something social. And I noticed it starting to just like impact that area of my life, but also impact my relationship with my fiance in ways, which it's gotten a lot better. But there was definitely a period of time where it's just like it made me so 
just reactive and irritable because I was in a constant fight or flight from like January to April and then from like late July to mid-September, mid-October. And because of that like constant state of anxiety from work, I was I was having a really hard time separating it from the hours and the times that I wasn't working because it was so stressful and it's like I couldn't remove, I couldn't separate work from my actual life, especially with like working from home and especially with working long hours. And even if I wasn't necessarily like working at my computer that whole time, like on something, I was like still at my computer waiting on like a senior to send me back something that had to be done immediately when it got back to me or like something like that. So, and like always high pressure, like quick turnaround, you know, having deadlines, all of that kind of stuff. And with all of that being said, you know, it, it really turned into this issue where it was like, I couldn't turn off that fight or flight. And I was like living in that constant state. And I have been really ever since I started the job and I, it got better with my fiance. Like I learned how to, you know, do things that like helped me de-stress like right after work, which is honestly a lot of what I talked about in last week's episode that helped me create that clear separation from work and the rest of my day, which ultimately did help kind of restore those issues that I was having with my fiance. And it was because of me and like the stress I was dealing with Um, because I was just like really anxious, fight or flight, reactive, just really like very negative too. And it, it wasn't good for us. Like it was really like causing a lot of issues because like I couldn't, I couldn't enjoy any quality time together because I was always stressed about work. If somebody emailed me and I got it on my phone, I would run back upstairs and take care of what I needed to take care of. Like really just no boundaries too, um, which that's like a whole conversation for an entirely separate episode. Um, Not talking about like boundaries for the entire episode, but like that is a subset of an episode that I plan on having coming soon. But ultimately, all of that being said, I can't just view a job that that is like that as just a paycheck. You see what I mean? Like if it was a true nine to five um, and we had paid overtime, I honestly like probably could have stayed longer. Actually, no, it, it would need to be a, a, even with paid overtime. I don't think I could do it if the hours were still the same all the time. I truly think though, if it was like, you know, more of a true nine to six, nine to five, year round like I could definitely stay in the job because like I I feel like it would just be a lot more manageable but it's just not sustainable with how much of the year you're expected to be available 24 7 basically so with that being said you know it's just the way it is it's 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 an industry issue like an industry-wide issue across the entire profession it's not specific to my firm per se and you know some firms are better than others with it but you know that's not for me to say at the end of the day or compare because I only know the experience at my one firm. Um, And that's just how it was and how it is. And it's sad because it's kind of just like the nature of the profession, but ultimately it's not something that I can tolerate for the rest of my life and it's not sustainable for me. You know, some people can do it, some people can't. And I'm one of those people that's like, you know what, I did my time and it's done and I'm done with it. And it actually has not sunk in yet that I will never be doing another busy season like that again. Um, you know, I know every job has its busy seasons, but I, you know, I'm honestly kind of making a vow to myself to never do what I did in the last two years, like ever again for a job. Um, in terms, I don't mind working hard. I don't mind working overtime when it needs to be done, but like when it's for a large chunk of the year, and there's like that expectation of being available all the time, it, that, no, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And if that makes me weak 
then so be it. I'd rather be weak than, you know, let a job completely control my life and my existence and my just, oh, no, I can't do it. <laughs> Anyways, um, I want to talk about kind of how I went into this job. And I'm sorry if this episode's a little all over the place. I have like kind of bullet points of the different things I want to talk about. So like it was planned out, but I'm kind of just jumping from thing to thing, I guess, in this episode. But the next thing I wanted to talk about is that I went into this job with a very open mindset and I kind of tried to go into it with no expectations because all of college, you know, I only heard the terrible things about Big Four and just like how, you know, grueling it was, long hours and overtime and hard work and all this stuff. And I also heard, you know, oh, it's, you know, great for your resume. Like you'll be able to do anything after you work at a Big Four because people value it on a resume so much and all this stuff. And I really wanted to go into the job with an open mind and kind of silence all the noise that I had heard related to working in Big Four and just kind of create my own perspective and experience and mindset with it with my own experience that I had. I didn't want to go into it with all of these other preconceived ideas of what it was going to be like and supposed to be like because I think that that does alter your experience a little bit when you're going in with all of that. So I really tried to go in with as open as a mind as possible and like no expectations basically, which I think was a really good thing to do. And I think it's a great thing to do for any job you're doing right out of college or any job you're doing in general. But I do think that if you're going in with no expectations, you do need to go in with boundaries because I went in like completely bare bones, like no expectations, no boundaries, like let's hit it, let's go. And that was definitely a mistake. Um, I have friends that also have worked in Big Four, some who have worked in Big, or who did work in Big Four longer than I did. Um, I actually found out recently, one of my friends who worked in the Big Four for almost four years, I think, she quit and we were talking, I was talking to her about when I was planning on quitting and everything. And I don't know why we were talking about it. We were talking about having like Microsoft Teams on our phone and like Outlook on our phone and everything. And she was like, oh, I don't have Teams on my phone. And I was like, what? I was like, how do you not have teams on your phone? Um, And she was like, oh, I just, when I started the job, like I kind of like communicated that boundary with everybody. Like I'm not going to have teams on my phone. Like I'll I'll check my email if I need to do something, but like I will not, people will not be pinging me on my phone or calling me through teams on my phone, my personal phone. And I was like, good for you. But like, how did you manage that for four years? Cause like that would have not, that wouldn't have flown for me (laughs) with my teams and the way my, a lot of my uh, clients and engagements were. Um, A lot of my engagements, the way it would be is like, we would be working on something all day and then we'd have to like send it back to the client. And then, you know, we would get other stuff back at like maybe say like 9 PM or something. And all like my bosses would literally be like, okay, like don't go anywhere. Like kind of like stay on hold. Cause we're going to have to like take care of this as soon as it comes in. So then it's like, you don't necessarily want to sit at your computer that entire time you're waiting. So like having it on your phone allows, it allowed me to like go into another room with a house and like do something else or, you know, go run an errand really quick. And then as soon as I get that ping, I can like rush home and get it done basically. So I was like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But ultimately like I went in with a totally bare bones mindset so I don't recommend doing that I I recommend going with an open mind but definitely establish some boundaries along with that but I really told myself that I was going to stay at this job as long as it made sense for me to which that's kind of like a blanket statement for just saying like as long as I could handle it and as long as it made sense for me to be working there and ultimately I'm at the point now where I'm like I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm just ready to move on to another chapter. Like I I 
I mentioned in my YouTube video that if I stayed another busy season, I actually think that I might would have like started seeing some it makes me kind of emotional to talk about it because oh my gosh, I like haven't said this out loud. Um, but I just feel like I <sighs> sorry. I feel like I this job kind of made me like not respect myself, if that makes sense. Um, so it's really hard to see in hindsight that I had such little respect for myself and my own health that I put it because I put up with all of these things and I truly feel and I like briefly mentioned this in my YouTube video, but I didn't go into detail about it because I knew I would get emotional if I talked about it and I really was wanting what I said in the YouTube video to be relatively brief since I was going to be diving into detail about a lot of this on the podcast but I really felt like if I stayed um any longer that I really would have started to see some like bad and like just not good things happening with my health um physically mentally emotionally um because I've been in some like very dark places um a lot of the reasoning why I was in those dark places did have to do with my job and I don't want to like me saying this if you're going in the big four like don't let this scare you I just think that like I mean everybody's experience is totally different and it's not because of the people I was working with it's truly just the nature of the job but I really it's totally dependent on like what city you're in what you're doing like it so please don't let this scare you because it, it was such an incredible invaluable experience and I'm not sitting here to dog on it I'm literally just telling you all what my experience was and I think certain personalities can really thrive in such a high-paced high-pressure environment and I think some personalities like thrive for a moment and then just get absolutely like obliterated and I think that's what happened to me and it's really hard because I started the job and I was getting you know really great like performance reviews and my seniors like really were just so kind and like most of them really expressed how much they enjoyed working with me and how much they valued like my efforts and my work because I like always turned around things really quickly with you know little to no changes that needed made like and of course that wasn't necessarily the case across the board but for the thing that I ended up working in and like specializing in that was the case and um I really thrived off of that like I got I derived so much self-esteem and value in the reviews I was getting from my teams that were like really great and it, it I was just thriving off of it and I really I I do really well under pressure and as a perfectionist like obviously and like this job being a perfectionist is beneficial but it's like at what cost you know what I mean and that's what the issue is is like I was doing really well and um performing really well and all of these things and I was like deriving a lot of value from it but it was at what cost and there became a point where I realized you know like do I value like one, I'm get I'm getting my worth and my value from the wrong place. Like I shouldn't be getting all my worth and my value from these performance reviews. And I shouldn't be getting all my worth and my value as a person from how I'm performing in my job. It shouldn't be that way. So once it had turned into that, I was like, okay, this is an issue. And then 
I like really, really struggled anytime like I did something wrong. Um, and I did eventually kind of work through that and get better about just like accepting that I was going to make mistakes because I'm human. Um, but I, there were times that I made mistakes and I would like, you know, which this might sound ridiculous, but y'all I'm human. Like I, this is my human experience and I'm being like extremely vulnerable sharing all of this, but there were times that I would make mistakes like, and this only was really the case, like when I made like a big mistake at work and I'm a human, like I make mistakes and I was, I had nightmares about it, like three or four nights in a row. I was crying all weekend. Like I, I couldn't separate from it and that's just not healthy. And just from the pressure of the job alone and the pressure that I put on myself along with the pressure of the job was just soul crushing and it was destroying me as a human slowly. And um, I've just like noticed a lot of like my light go out and it's been really hard to just stay in a job um, because I was so scared of leaving the safety and the comfort of it and that was so fearful for me but it's so sad because it was honestly more comfortable for me to stay in the job than it was for me to leave it because it was almost like I had like trauma bonded myself to this job in a way and it had become my identity and I never wanted it to become my identity because I really noticed in hindsight um especially with like being a content creator I made being a college student like my entire identity. So then I went through this whole identity crisis when I was no longer a college student and I was trying to figure out what content to make. And I, I literally remember talking about it on the podcast, like saying, I don't want being like the relatable content creator working a nine to five difficult, challenging job to become my identity. I didn't want my big four job to become my identity, but I let it happen again. And I didn't want that to happen because I knew how damaging it was for me the first time I did it with being a college student. And I know that it's not something that is probably easy to comprehend like when you're listening to it, but like you may not see like why it's like a big deal, but it's, it's you know, a, an identity crisis on top of the identity crises that you're already having when you're like 25 years old, you know what I mean? So I was really disappointed in myself when I realized that I had kind of made this job my identity. But at the same time, it's like, it's so hard not to make it your identity when it's consuming that much of your existence. But all in all, I just, I, I really noticed my overall just light and excitement for life just completely get squashed. And I didn't, I don't, I don't deserve like doing that to myself. And that, that, that is the hardest, that's the toughest pill to swallow. It's, it's, it's truly a freaking horse pill for me to swallow that I dealt with this. And like, like where was my self-respect to, you know, know when it was time to leave. But at the same time, it's like, I didn't know any better. Like it was my first job out of college and like, I'm doing the best I can. So I'm like in this conflicting area of like, I'm trying to give myself grace, but at the same time, I'm like, do you not have respect for yourself to like know when enough is enough? But I guess that like at this point with me quitting right now, you know, I, I have respect for myself. Like I, I'm doing it. I'm finally doing it. So I think that I can say, you know, like I noticed now, like my cutoff, I was like my cutoff December because that's right before the next busy season. So I knew, you know, like if you go through another busy season, like you are doing it to yourself because you are aware of what this job like has done to you and what it is doing to you the longer you choose to stay 
And with that, if you choose to stay, then like that's on you. Like you didn't have the respect to leave when you know you needed to leave because you knew that it was going to impact you and continue to impact you in terrible ways and not worth the benefits you were getting from it basically. So all of that being said, I know that everything I just said probably makes Big Four sound so terrifying and working as a postgrad adult so terrifying, but that's truly just me sharing the darkest and deepest parts of it. But like I said, everybody's experience is going to be completely different. I am a very, 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 if you can't tell, emotionally attached and invested person. I don't do anything halfway. I do everything all the way. I am, it is so hard for me to not emotionally, like if I'm not, I can't, I can't do things. Like I can force myself to be emotionally invested into things, even if I don't care about them, which is like dangerous. Like that's how I was with work. It's like, I, I'm not somebody like, I know that this isn't what I want to be doing the rest of my life. I don't care about taxes, but I can't do anything half-assed to be honest. Like I have to completely go all in. And as somebody that is that way, I, that that totally goes hand in hand with not being able to view the job as just a paycheck. And I just think ultimately, like my personality at the end of the day is a recipe for disaster with Big Four because I am the type that will run myself into the ground to be a high performer and to, you know, like be highly regarded by others and to do good work but at the expense of myself and I don't know when to stop. And like I had seniors tell me, you know, like you you really need to like set boundaries and everything. And like I would try, but like it was just hard because it just felt like it was never enough. Um, like when I would set the boundaries, I felt like I was being told that I needed to be doing more. And then I was like, how is what I'm doing already not enough? So then I'm like, okay, well, I guess I got to keep giving more of myself because that's just kind of what the nature of this job does. It will like seriously just chew you up and spit you out. And that's what I've always heard about Big Four and I hated hearing that. And I hate to be somebody who's contributing to that and like saying that, but like truly, if you are not, I don't know. I just think that there's certain personalities that like this job like really like can like destroy. And I was one of those personalities. Like I think some people can go in, do their work, be great at it, view it as a paycheck, make it the partner, have all these set boundaries and like, really just make it a wonderful experience for themselves. And I just don't think that that's what I could have done. And I don't think that that's for me. But ultimately, um, that's kind of where I was not planning on going into that much detail about all of that. So I'm sorry if that was a lot, but I'm just being completely transparent. But I also wanted to just quickly talk about my experience at, you know, my company. I did I started out January 2022 is when I started and that was if you don't know anything about accounting and tax that's like the start of busy season basically I didn't know when I chose to go into tax that if you go into tax you're kind of signing yourself up for like a endless busy season which I don't want to talk about a lot because I know I've talked about it already but I just remember my very first week they gave us a slideshow presentation um of just kind of like the overall like work expectations and everything. And there was this one slideshow and I took a picture of it and sent it to my friend. And I was like, why did I not realize this or know this? Um, but it had the busy season dates like kind of outlined on this PowerPoint slide. And there were only two months on that PowerPoint slide of the 12 months of the year that were not on the slide. 
So it broke it down into like each season, but a lot of the seasons kind of overlap. So the only months that were not on that slide were July and December. And that's because um, in May, or not July, I think it was June. Yeah, it was June, June and December. Because you have, when you work in tax, especially at my firm with like the program that I was doing, where it's like rotational, they kind of like put you on a bunch of different clients, which means you're going to have a bunch of different deadlines because you're on a bunch of different clients because tax deadlines differ depending on what kind of client you're working on. So think about it. If you're in a rotational program where you're, and it wasn't rotational in the sense that it's like, okay, you're going to work on individual tax this year. Next year, you're going to do partnership. No, it was everything at once. So you did this and it it's sad because it's actually a selling part for the, like, it is literally like a selling point of the firm that I work for. Um, when they're recruiting in campus recruiting and I was somebody that was like going to schools and saying like oh this is a great thing about my firm and don't get me wrong it actually is really really great because it allows you to see everything your first year pretty much and your second year so that you can make a decision on what you want to go into whereas at a lot of other firms you just kind of have to like you get you get thrown onto something when you start and a lot of times you just stick with that unless you like really, really, really hate it or you really, really know you want to try something else and then you have to like make a case for it and hope that you can get switched. But so it is really great if you don't know what part of tax you want to go to go into, which that was kind of my situation. So it is really great in that regard, but it's really terrible in the regard that like you're kind of on a year long busy season basically because you have your provisions at the end of each quarter. So at the end of Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. So you have to think, you know, those four months of the year when it's the end of a quarter um, for like two weeks, you're typically working on provisions. And depending on the type of provision you're on, you could be, which this did happen to me, um, you could be on a provision like, cause there's two different types of provisions and I'm not going to go into the details of it, but like you could be on a provision. And if you're on that one type, you're going to probably be busy right after quarter end for two weeks. And then if you're on the other type of provision, you'll be really busy like on the back end of the month that the quarter ended. So that I I had times where it was like that was the case. I was like on both of the types of provisions. So it was like for the full month when it was supposed to be like a more normal slow month, um, if that makes sense. So with all that being said, you know, like there's different deadlines, you know, like the state deadlines, like the state of Texas has a deadline in May, whereas a lot of other states don't have that deadline. And if, you know, typically like if you're working on a a lot of different clients, like they're all going to have to, they're all going to be having that deadline in May. So then you're busy for a little bit in May and that's not typically a time you're busy in tax that most people think of. Um, But I started out and I just remember seeing that slideshow and be like, what have I got myself into? But then I was like, you know what? It's going to be fine. Like everybody here has done it. So like I can do it too. So I went into it and I did it. Um, I started out and I mainly worked on like individual returns and I didn't mainly. I worked on like two or three and I also worked on some provisions and then some partnership returns. And I hated my experience in individual so much, which was really unfortunate because kind of going into this job, I really wanted to do individual tax and I wanted to learn it because I thought, you know, like when it comes time for me to leave, I would love to leave and do individual tax returns for like content creators because that would be kind of like blending both of my worlds. And a lot of people have like suggested that to me as like my next step in a way. But I'm like, I don't know anything about individual returns. Like I know the bare minimum. Well, I don't want to say the bare minimum because I know more than like the average person, obviously, since like this is what I studied and I did work on some, some of them. 
but I hated it and I hated it for a number of reasons. I hated the software that we used at my firm for it compared to the other software I was using at my firm because it was just like a lot more dated and less intuitive than the other softwares for the other types of returns I was doing. And I also just didn't work well with the teams that I had. Like it was just completely different working styles and expectations than what I was experiencing on my other teams. My other teams, it was like, yeah, we're working hard and we're working long hours, but the people were a lot more um, understanding and they were also a lot, not, I don't even want to say understanding because that's not, it's not like I ever had like these extreme scenarios where I couldn't do my work. They were just a lot more organized, I guess, my other teams were than the individual teams I worked on were because it was almost like anything I worked on an individual, it was always like, I expect you to drop everything else you have to work on this right now. And like, I oftentimes had several other things going on and like other things in the queue that I needed to work on first. So it's like, if I immediate, if I just got this and you expect me to drop everything to do it every time I'm having to do something for one of these clients, like that was just very fight or flight, like very anxiety producing. It was just, it was rough. Um, and it was just like a completely different working style. So that's like why it didn't work out for me too. So then I expressed my interest in wanting to switch over into like more com- tax compliance with like partnerships and corporations because I did work on a couple partnership returns and it's very funny because in college I was horrible in my partnerships class, but I think it was just so over my head because I didn't have any like real world knowledge or experience of it. So it was like kind of this hypothetical thing that I was like learning all of these nitty gritty details about in my master's program and in undergrad because I took a partnerships class in undergrad and in my master's program. And I did actually ended up doing pretty good in the the partnerships class in my master's program, but I struggled through it in undergrad. Um, But I think I did better in my master's program because it was more like theory based for my master's rather than like actual partnership returns and everything so like I had no idea what I was doing in college with it but I was really scared of them when I realized I was going to be doing them for my full-time job because I was like oh my gosh this is what I sucked at in school but then I like actually started working on them and there was a lot that took me like a long time to like really learn in terms of like the technicality and the knowledge of the partnership stuff but when it came to like preparing the returns and like using the software and preparing the work papers for the returns, I got really good at it. Like, and I was picking up on the knowledge of it a lot more quickly. Not to say that like I was an expert and I knew everything and I was great at it, but there were just like definitely like specific parts of it that I really felt like I was just like picking up like super, super easily and quickly. So that was exciting for me because I was like, oh my gosh, like I think I'm like actually kind of good at this and I enjoy doing some of it, but only enjoy doing like very, very, very small parts of it. Um, So... Then I switched into that like around October of last year. Once my individual compliance season like ended in, technically it ended in October because that's like when the extensions are due for individuals. But then I had state returns to do for some individuals. So then that pushed to November um, because that's when a lot of state returns are due. So around November, that's when I was like, okay, I'm like leaving individual and I'm going to like dive into more partnerships and corporations like so I stayed on a lot of same clients but I picked up a few new things and I got on a new really big project in October of 2022 that um I was told I like one of the person who ran part of the project I worked with her on something else and she kind of like recruited me onto that project because she just like really liked me and liked working with me and I really liked working with her and it was a really big opportunity 
And I was, it was kind of presented as something if I did really good in it, it would look really good. And like, she kind of, she literally said like, all eyes are kind of on you and like how you perform in this. And that might've been a stretch of a statement, but obviously like that put a lot of pressure on me. And as somebody who already puts a lot of pressure on myself, like I was like, okay, this is a really big deal. I've got to really, you know, give this project, which is something that I did quarterly. I have to give this everything I have and more to like do well because she was like, you know, this is something that can really take you far in your career if you stick with it. So with all of that being said, I ended up doing that for the last year and it actually ended up being probably one of my favorite things I did. And while it was the most tedious, the most stressful, the most high anxiety thing I worked on, it was my favorite because it was something that was it it was just something that I picked up quickly. I love, love, love the team so much. And I ultimately, even though it was something, the reason why it was hard, it's like a love-hate relationship because for two weeks every quarter, it's all you can do. Like your schedule literally gets blocked for it basically. And it's like a high stress engagement because, you know, like it's, it's just very tedious and high pressure and everything like that. So without like going into too much detail and that made it very stressful anytime it rolled around. And it was one of the things that I did where it was like, okay, if something happens at like 10 PM, it has to kind of be taken care of right away type of situation. And if you watch my YouTube videos, it was the thing that I worked on where I usually have to start my day around 7.45 instead of like 9 a.m., which is fine. Um, but that's just kind of the nature of how it was because of the deadlines that were associated with it. But it, it was, even though it was very tedious, very hard, and very exhausting in that sense, I really, really enjoyed it because it did only last two weeks and it was like once a quarter, but it was kind of like this thing where I would like dread it right, right before it would arrive every quarter. But so then I kind of just did that and um, that's kind of like what my experience has been like. And I even like got into recruiting which I know y'all know if you've listened to the podcast and watched um, my YouTube channel, but basically like when I started at the firm, I expressed interest in helping with recruiting because I thought it was something that would make the job feel more fulfilling. And I told y'all I was going into this job with an open mindset. So I was like, I will do whatever I have to do to try and like really make this the most impactful and enriching experience that I can because I know that I do want more fulfillment outside of preparing tax returns that this job can provide. So I was like, I'll get involved with recruiting because I think that I'll really enjoy that. So I went to a lot of recruiting events for the University of Texas um, in Austin. And obviously that's like a little exhausting because a lot of times the recruiting events are during some of our busiest times and you're kind of voluntarily, you're literally just volunteering. There's like no incentive for it or anything to take time out of your busy season, basically to drive three hours. And a lot of times it was like same day turnaround. So you'd like drive three hours and there were like two times when we rented a bus where we could like work on the little bus or whatever while we were going over there. But like the Wi-Fi always really sucked. So it was always really difficult. But the other times I was driving myself for three hours, um, which, you know, I could expense my mileage and everything, but drive myself to Austin, do the recruiting event for a few hours, turn around and come back the same day. And I'd usually have to like get up really early in the morning to get ahead on work and then work late that night or get up really early the next day to catch up. And I was just doing that because I was desperate to feel some source of fulfillment. And I was like, I will do this even if it means like making my busy season a little bit worse for a couple days because I was like that adamant about trying my best in this job and like doing as much as I can. Well, I quickly realized that doing recruiting, it's 
it is great because it can provide fulfillment, but at the end of the day, like it is just going to be another thing that runs you dry, basically. And last November, a year ago, basically, the girl that was kind of, that worked in tax, which she was my counselor at the time, but I, then I changed counselors because if you move into a different area of tax, you have to change counselors. And your counselor is like your person who helps you with your like career development that also works. And it's typically like a manager level or above. So since I switched into more partnership tax stuff, I did have to switch counselors. But like when I was switching, she was like, hey, do you want to take over this, you know, point of contact role for recruiting? And she was doing it at the time. Um, And since she was my counselor, that's kind of how I got involved with recruiting because she kind of asked me about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I actually was really interested in it. So that's how I got involved in it. And then she basically um, kind of like it was when we were in person in office and like we were getting coffee and she asked me if I wanted to do it. And me being the people pleaser I am and I was like put on the spot with it. I wasn't going to say no to her when she asked me if I wanted to take over for it. So I was like, great, what did I just sign myself up for? And I didn't really realize all that it would entail, but basically I became on top of my job. I was the point of contact. So I was the, basically the person that the talent team that does all like the recruiting and stuff that's like kind of under HR. I was the person that they would come to when it came to like pulling people for events for recruiting from tax and everything. And like I had to be the person that contacted people in tax at my firm and my local office to, you know, basically it's like pulling freaking teeth to like get people to come to recruiting events and then organizing like buddies. So like when we have recruits, you have to like assign them to like some somebody that works at your firm that they can talk to and everything and making sure that they're talking to that person and developing a relationship with them and sustaining it and because I was the point of contact I was also expected to go to most of the events unless there was like a work conflict so I was having to go to like way more events than I did before I had a whole day during busy season this year where I was like the I had to go for interviews the on-campus interviews because it was our first year doing on-campus interviews again so we went to UT and it was like an overnight trip but I had to spend like an entire day and it was like one of my busiest days in busy season because we had like a client deadline like that week or something And I remember, like, I was the person that had to, like, take the people, the students who were interviewing with the partners that were there, I was there with. I had to, like, kind of be the person to go out and greet them and be like, oh, how are you feeling? Excited for the interview, blah, blah, blah. And then I'd, like, walk them to the interview. So I was doing that, like, all day long. But I was also, like, in between every person that I greeted. So it's like I'd have, like, a 15-minute window. I'd, like, run back to my computer and work. And it was just, like, so much extra work. And I ultimately didn't really feel very valued for the amount of effort I was putting in for it and everything I which was like really upsetting like I didn't feel like it was appreciated the efforts I was putting in basically and I'm not going to dive into detail about it because that's how it was I at the end of the day like once recruiting season was over this year I really just didn't feel appreciated for the efforts I had put in it it was really upsetting because I was like you know I just put in so much work to went to all these events I you know pulled as many people as I could from tax I was like serving as this point of contact and it's not that I was like expecting anything out of it because I knew that you didn't get anything from doing it but I just didn't feel appreciated I guess internally and that's all I'll say for doing it and that like was a little bit upsetting you know because of the amount of effort it put in and like everybody all the higher up people who are involved with recruiting at the firm like really emphasize that recruiting is part of everybody's job and like you're supposed to be involved in it and everything 
But then when, you know, somebody like goes above and beyond and serves as the point of contact, I just like didn't feel appreciated yet at the same time. Like that's what they're saying. So it just didn't make much sense to me. But I really wanted to talk about the recruiting because I that was like a instance of me really trying to make the most of the job, I guess you could say. And I will say that like it did make it more fulfilling, but it was, you know, once again, at what cost? And I will say too that staying two years, um, because I know I talked about how I wanted to quit a year in, I think that staying two years, even though this year was like so insanely busy and like I thought that it was just me thinking that this year was insane. Like I thought my first year was insane because there was actually a lot of, there were several like tax changes um, that we were doing for the first time. It was like my first year, but then it was also everybody else's first year doing some of the things. So it was just like chaotic, you know what I mean? But then this year, I, there was just a lot going on like with my specific like clients I was on and on the teams I was on and I did have some seniors say like this year's been insane and it was very validating to like hear people who have been there longer than me like agree and say the same things I thought that like I was just a baby basically and not able to handle it but they were like no like this year's been whack <laughs> like absolutely crazy and I was like okay good like I'm glad I'm not the only person that feels that way um but ultimately I'm very thankful that I stayed this second year because I think in your first year with big four, mainly in my experience, you learn a lot about processes and you learn a lot about like the software you use. So you're kind of just getting used to like using the software and like the process of what you work on, like the life cycle of what you work on basically. But then your second year, since like you're more familiar with those things, you really start to soak up a lot more of the technical knowledge and like the specifics of what you're working on. So like I learned so much when it came to like actually learning about tax and seriously just learned so so much my second year so I'm very very grateful that I did stay longer and I just I'm so glad I did at the end of the day just because I do think that it it helped me a lot in terms of like me when I when I do find another job I think that I like learned so much in my second year specifically regarding tax that it will be a lot more helpful and I highly recommend like you know you know when you need to leave somewhere basically but I do think that there are with certain jobs like you'll know because every job's different but I think that you know if you leave too early you kind of like miss out on the opportunity of like learning a lot of things but then if you like stay too long then it's like oh well you're it's it's opportunity cost at the end of the day you could have been learning more elsewhere or something like that you know what I mean like so you can sit there and say it all day long that it goes either way or whatever but I ultimately think that staying you know the two years was really a smart move for me even though I was just like basically crying over the fact that I dealt with the lack of respect I have for myself for so long, um, for that whole extra year. But yeah, I at least just wanted to say that I do think that it was valuable that I stayed as long as I did. And that second year was very valuable. And with quitting, I promise I'm trying to wrap it up here, but I really, which I did talk about this on YouTube, so I won't go into detail, but quitting was so hard because with big four, you work on like a bunch of different teams So you have like a lot of different managers. So I feel like uh, a lot of corporate jobs, you know, you may only have like one manager or like two people that you report to. So that you kind of have to have your quitting conversation with those people. But with like the way Big Four is, it's like I have my counselor, but I also worked with my counselor. So like she was like the first person I told. And um, outside of that, though, it's like I had to have that same conversation with all of my teams, basically. And I pretty much only had like a phone call though with the people that I kind of work with year round. And then the teams that I only work with for like, you know, a few months at a time. And like right now is not the time. I'm just like 
kind of telling them over Teams and emailing them, which maybe that's horrible, but like it would literally take me like all day to get through <laughs> telling all of my teams like over a phone call. Um, so I really just talk to the main people that I worked with because I work with like th- three or four like main people for the most part. So that's who I talked to. But I went through like so many stages of feelings when I was quitting. Like it was like I went into like truly just I was very sad and I wasn't expecting to feel very sad or I kind of was but I wasn't expecting to only feel sad if I was expecting to feel sad for like a brief amount of time and then feel really good but I felt really sad when I quit and then it turned into guilt I felt very guilty for quitting and like leaving my teams and then it's very slowly turning into excitement I don't think it's really going to sink in that I quit and I don't have to do busy season again I don't think it's going to sink in until January gets here, honestly, when I realize like, oh, I'm not working until 1 a.m. most nights. Like, this is amazing. Um, So that is, and I don't want to say 1 a.m. most nights. That's a little bit of a stretch, but it was usually like 1 a.m. like once a week. So I think that's enough. And then the other days it was usually like 8, 9 p.m., whatever, sometimes later. So ultimately, like it was just like a lot of different feelings. And it's difficult when you're having to have the same conversation like so many times because it just makes it like very hard. But ultimately, if you can't tell already the reasons why I quit, um, the work-life balance really sucked and it's not sustainable long-term for me, especially as somebody who also does, you know, content creation. And I, you know, always put my big four job first, but I sacrifice so much of my social life because I was also doing content creation. So it's like, the weeks where I was having them put in overtime for my big four job, I like definitely was not spending as much time with my fiance as I should. I wasn't doing anything social really because then it was like the next priority was content creating stuff. And ultimately I want to just find something that is more aligned with my values and what I want to do. And do I know what I want to do? Not necessarily, but I'm like trying to figure that out. I also just quit because I... I on it this this is literally like two percent of the reason why I quit it's barely even a reason but we had I was promoted in August to senior and you get like annual bonuses um during the promotion cycles and everything and um raises typically but I was my raise was like where I was expecting it to be but my bonus this year was literally worse than it was last year when I wasn't truly promoted. Like I went from like staff one to staff two in my first like year and a half. And then in the last six months, that's when I went from staff two to senior. And from staff one to staff two, it was barely more, but I had a bigger bonus, which it was less than my paycheck, but it was a bigger bonus still at the end of the day. But it was less than my paycheck and it was a bigger bonus when I went from staff one to staff two than it was when I went from staff two to senior, which was crazy to me especially after the case I made for myself with the projects I picked up and worked on and the amounts that I contributed with recruiting I was like very upset with my bonus and I did express that in my compensation call that I had um with like leadership but it my of course the response I got was you know oh it's the way the economy is right now and I was like of course of course it is but it is what it is um at the end of the day that was like a very small reason but ultimately like everything I've said in this episode I don't want it to like scare anybody away that's like going the big four working the big four whatever I just wanted to be extremely candid extremely honest vulnerable because I think that you know it's helpful for those of us that have gone through similar things and face similar issues and challenges with their jobs and ultimately I when I realized that I would have been it was more comfortable for me to stay 
in the misery that I grew accustomed to than it was to leave, that was a wake-up call for me. And I found that very problematic. Um, I was like, I seriously value like treating myself like crap basically for the comfort of having the stable job that like looks good to everybody else but that I don't actually like care for and value but I'm literally doing because of it was just kind of like what I thought I was supposed to do based on what like I was told in college and because I know that it's like the most highly regarded in my profession I was doing it for how it looked to others and not for myself and at the end of the day like that is a red flag to me I'm like okay I need to make a change there and when I had that realization which I had it very early on in my time at Big Four like within the first six months I kind of had that realization when I started therapy I was like I went into this job for the wrong reasons but it's okay you know like it's going to be a great experience for me to have I'm going to learn a lot I'm going to grow a lot I learned so much about tax I learned how to work with other people I learned you know how to be on a team I learned how to work under pressure I gained so much value from it seriously so much and I learned so much and I worked with some of the most amazing people I know I did experience some teams where it wasn't the best experience but overall I feel like I was very lucky for my experience, honestly. Like a lot of the issues I had with Big Four were are because of myself and my personality and the way that I work and the way that I struggle with setting boundaries and like actually keeping them. So a lot of it was more so my fault. But ultimately at the end of the day, like I do feel like my experience, I feel so lucky because I've heard so many other stories where people haven't been as fortunate to have like such amazing people that they're working with. And like I truly can say that the people I work with at the end of the day, it's making it so hard to leave because I absolutely love and would do anything for like all the people that I work with now that I've worked with for the last year because it's mainly like people that I directly report to and work under, like not partner level people basically. It's all women and they're all amazing and so inspiring and so smart and I've learned so much from them and they're all so supportive and I think the biggest thing was that they were they were all human to me whereas I have worked with people in the past at this job and at other jobs where they were just like you know very robotic and like they weren't human and I didn't love that and ultimately at the end of the day I really feel like that made a big difference and I wouldn't have been able to stay as long as I did and I wouldn't have you know I wouldn't have made it through all the late nights and the early mornings and everything if it wasn't for the people I worked with because they made it so much more manageable and tolerable and enjoyable because they were so great so I truly feel so fortunate for that and I should have led this episode with that I hate that I'm saving all the good stuff for last because I feel like people probably have like tuned out of it by now but truly like I I do feel like it's worth saying and it's I mean like I just owe so much to them I feel like because they made the experience so much better than it would have been without them I guess you could say so I'll really really miss the people I'll really miss the wellness benefits um you know like we had a thousand dollars that we could use and it really stretched to like almost anything it went from like hotel rooms and plane tickets to fitness memberships to fitness equipment you want to use for your own home massages all kinds of different things like that um meal plans like uh home delivery like meal kit services we had a thousand dollars a year that we could use to you could expense 75 percent of a thousand dollars to really it's 750 dollars um a year on those types of things so I like my what I was paying for for like gym pass that I have through work I was able to expense it for like eight or nine months of the year which was amazing um which is an amazing benefit obviously and I will miss that but you know that's not a reason to stay uh because I can find something similar elsewhere you know what I mean and ultimately I do want to end this with what's next for me 
I have applied to other jobs. I've been applying to jobs since October mainly in the main titles I've been applying for are senior accountant roles at like smaller companies um, and not like I've been applying to companies that I like and like products, the companies of products that I use, if that makes sense. So like just companies that I, I use in my daily life that I enjoy, like whether it's a beauty product, a wellness product or like a grocery store or something, I've been applying to senior accountant roles at those types of companies. I haven't gotten anything obviously. Um, and then I've applied to uh, several like financial analyst roles at similar companies as well. I ultimately just know that I don't want to be in tax for the rest of my life. I don't want to be preparing and reviewing tax returns for forever. It was really eye-opening for me to realize, you know, once I got more of a better idea of what my managers do and I learned like what they do on a day-to-day basis and like kind of how like a partner works and everything, I was like, I don't want their job. And that was, you know, validation and clarity that like I needed to find something else for me because I didn't want to basically pigeonhole myself any more than I already have because I work in a very specific and niche part of tax right now and if I stayed much longer it would be really hard for me to leave later on and find something else that was different so it's easier to leave earlier on if you know you don't want to do what you're doing so that you don't get so drilled down and so niche into something um, and then can't really get away from it later in your career because that's what ultimately would have ended up happening with me because I mainly worked in partnerships on oil and gas clients. So that is very specific and um, I knew I didn't want to do that forever. So what I'm looking for, it's mainly been like in the finance and accounting world. And like I said, I've been applying to places since late October. Haven't gotten any interviews. It's a really weird job market right now. I feel like I'm in a weird place where I'm overqualified for a lot of roles, but I'm that are like, you know, entry level, I guess you could say, but then I'm, you know, underqualified for a lot of senior roles because most places say seniors are like seven years of experience. And I'm like, it's three years, I feel like in big four, um, or like once you're promoted to senior, which I was, so it's, that's been hard too. But, um, I've also just been completely transparent. I have, I'm considering teaching actually. Um, and that's kind of the bombshell I'm dropping at the end of the episode for anybody that's still listening. Um, I have applied to take a Texas certification exam for teaching. Um, I applied to do that, I think in November or October. And I think I have until April to take the first test. And then I think I have to take another test, which it's a really complicated and confusing process. So that's why I haven't really done anything with it yet. And also because obviously with the wedding planning and everything, I'm kind of like giving myself, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get married, have the wedding, go on my honeymoon. And then when I get back, we'll like reevaluate where I'm at and like what I'm going to do. Like I'll probably start more intensely applying the jobs because, you know, nobody's really hiring right now at this time of year anyways in the finance and accounting world. And if I'm like not really getting anywhere with that, then I can move on to teaching because honestly, at the end of the day, I've talked about it on the podcast. I think I would really love being a teacher and it's, I've always said I wanted to be a college professor, but it doesn't make sense for me to like go get my PhD in something if I don't know that I even like teaching yet. So I think it'd be a lot better for me to like start out teaching high school, teaching something in high school, see if I like teaching and if I do, and say I fall in love with teaching high school and then I just do that for forever. Or I teach high school and then I'm like, you know what, I really want to try out teaching college. Um, I'm going to do what I need to do to be able to teach in college. And then I can make those steps then, but I think that it would be more beneficial and less um, costly upfront, obviously, if I like try out teaching at a high school level, see if I like it, and then I can transition into being a college professor. Because my dream, I feel like, has always been to be a college professor. And not I don't want to say always, but 
since I was in college that I've like kind of always had that be the dream in my head is to be a college professor and really just be teaching in any aspect but I ultimately think I would even be happy teaching at the high school level and that is something that I might end up doing um and I've taken the steps to maybe have that be the case but I wanted to kind of have options so with that being said you know I will apply to things when I'm back from my honeymoon and everything and see what happens but I'm also maybe going to be teaching. So who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't want to say I'm for sure going to be doing one thing or the other because I don't know yet. But ultimately, I am so beyond grateful to even have the ability to like quit my job and take the time to figure things out. Um, I know a lot of people are wondering if I'm going to be like quitting to be a content creator full time. Right now, no. Um, That would be amazing. And I think that it's amazing when people can do that. And I love when people are able to do that for themselves. Um, it doesn't totally make sense financially for me to do that right now. Like I, I probably could, but it just wouldn't be, it would probably be more stress inducing than it was rewarding because it's just so volatile as you guys know. And I just ultimately don't feel like I'm in a place in my career where I want to, like, I just feel like there's more I want to try out. Like I want to learn more about the finance and accounting world in a different finance and accounting position than what I've been doing. I want to maybe try teaching out. I'm just so young and I want to, I think that now before I have children is a time to like try out all these different things and take the risks. And maybe that taking the risk looks like being a content creator full time. Like I don't really know what I'm going to be doing in a couple of months, but I have to express my gratitude at the end of the day for you all for allowing that to even be a possibility for me. Because if you all didn't, you know, consume my content at the end of the day, it wouldn't be a possibility. So really I owe all of my thanks and everything to you all and more, and I can't be more grateful for it. Um, and I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to be able to take this transition slowly and take this small break. Cause I do think it is honestly much needed and well-deserved because my fiance and I have kind of come to the conclusion that I am maybe struggling with like some chronic exhaustion a little bit. Um, I don't want to like say that and, you know, self-diagnose with it or whatever. I don't, cause I don't really know if it's like actually a thing that you can be diagnosed with, but I do think I'm a little bit chronically exhausted right now from working this job for two years, planning a wedding for the last 15 months and doing content creation on the side, um, as another job. Like it's, it's been a lot and it's, it was doable. And then I posted this on my story a long time ago on Instagram, but I was like, this is doable, but it's not sustainable. Like I was like, if I keep doing everything I'm doing right now for, forever like I'm it's gonna run me into the ground and I'm I think I'm at the point where I'm like partially like underground <laughs> and I'm like you know struggling to stay above ground and I'm like okay I'm like really exhausted and I need a break but I can see the light at the end of the tunnel with you know ending my job and with the wedding almost being here and all that planning you know will be done obviously once the wedding's done so I'm really looking forward to being able to like put more energy into figuring out what career step is next for me. And like I said, I cannot thank you guys enough for the opportunity and ability to be able to say that and do that. So I will end the episode with that. There was actually more I wanted to talk about, but I ended up going on a lot more detail or going into a lot more detail than I was planning with some things. So um, with that being said, some of these things, I'll just find ways to integrate them into other episodes and talk about them later. But I ultimately just wanted to share my experience with you all and share the why, the how, the what, the what's next, because I know that that's what a lot of you guys are wondering, but I wanted to keep you guys updated. And I, it's so weird that I'm like talking about this. Sometimes I get like this outer body experience where I'm like, is this really weird that I'm like literally talking about this whole experience online to like people I don't know? And then I'm like, no, because you guys are my besties. So like, I would say this, these things to my best friends. And honestly, you know, what's even crazier. 
I feel like I've said more to you guys in general about these life updates and about these things and I've been more vulnerable to you guys than I have to people in my real life besides my fiance because my fiance like obviously sees and hears it all since we you know are about to be married and we live together and everything so isn't that crazy though parasocial relationships are like nuts but at the same time I love it because I love you guys and you guys are my besties but it's like kind of crazy to think that I've been more vulnerable in ways and like actually talked about this more to you guys than I have other people because I feel like a burden when I talk about it to other people so I just like don't talk about it or I try not to talk about it a lot but with all that being said that's all I'm going to talk about this week because this episode's already an hour and a half long I could honestly talk a lot longer but it was really just going to be about um you know I was going to talk about like working from home versus like being in person and that kind of thing but I can talk about that I already know how I can kind of intertwine that into another episode that's going to be upcoming talking about like the new year and everything and all that so I will save that for another episode so that this one doesn't get too long but that's everything I have to say thank you all for listening to me ramble about my life because I know at the end of the day you know like I'm just talking about my life and being vulnerable so um it's just funny to think that people even care to like listen to me talk about these things like sometimes I just get really in my head about it and right now is one of those moments where I'm like why are people even like listening to me why do people even care but Hopefully it made you feel, you know, less alone if you've been struggling with any of the same things or was insightful for you for um, either quitting your job or finding something different for yourself or maybe it will, if anything, the takeaway from this, just set boundaries when you go into your first job, please, so you don't end up like me. Um, That is the takeaway that I hope all of you at least got from this episode. So I love you all. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for being so supportive and seriously like could not be more grateful for you guys and the opportunities you all have given me with having this platform and I just I can't say thank. I like literally want to stay here for 30 more minutes and just say thank you <laughs> like it won't ever be enough you know what I mean so thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you I hope you all have a wonderful day when you're listening to this and I hope you'll have a wonderful Christmas too oh my gosh because I just realized if you celebrate um I just realized that Christmas is the next Sunday um so I won't have another episode before Christmas, which is weird. It just doesn't even feel like it's Christmas time, but at the same time it does. I don't know. So it doesn't feel like it should already be here, I guess is what I should say. So if you celebrate Merry Christmas, um, I hope you all have a wonderful time and can take some time off work. And if, you know, you are in another country and you don't celebrate Christmas, I hope you can take some time off of work regardless before going into the new year because you deserve it. And I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you all next week.